0: You are listening to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, your go-to source for understanding spiritual purpose in your own life and in the collective around you. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a spiritual teacher and guide that is helping you to tap into your spiritual power and truth so that you can fulfill your true purpose in this world with alignment, with ease, and with abundance. This is absolutely not a one size fits all podcast, but rather it's a home for spiritual seekers who want to embody their greatest spiritual purpose. So stay tuned for a powerful show ahead and be sure to share your listening experience on Instagram and tag me at the Holy Marie so that I can celebrate with you. Now grab your crystals, light some sage, and let's get hunting for purpose. Welcome, welcome everybody. I'm so excited for you to have the opportunity to listen to the conversation ahead. This podcast episode is a lifted recording of an IG live that I did with the extraordinary Jacob Keed and Kai Faye from Curry Comedy and it's part of a Sharing Indigenous Voices project that I'm currently doing within my business. The Sharing Indigenous Voices project is so, so important because it is bringing conversation, connection, love, and awareness to racism both here in Australia, where I am placed, but also racism globally. This conversation was so transformational, so healing, and so eye-opening, and I really wanted to bring it to the podcast to allow more of you to have access to this type of very open, real, raw, healing conversation around racism. Now, because it is a lift from an IG live, the audio quality is not as up to scratch as it normally would be. So please forgive any poor quality in the audio or any technical glitches that you come through. I just wanted to bring this opportunity to you to listen to this conversation and really have it touch your heart and open your mind to the role that we are all playing in racism as we move into this new spiritual paradigm together as a global collective i cannot wait to hear how this speaks to you how this resonates with you how it challenges you and let's keep this conversation going so please please do share this episode tag me on instagram or facebook at the holly marie and let's continue to bring amazing healing and opening and change and shift around the structure of racism So to officially kick off tonight, before I introduce these two incredible gentlemen to you, I would like to start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of these lands and waters of all of Australia, um, the Aboriginal people, and the traditional custodians of the ACT, which is the Ngunnawal people. These two very, very fine gentlemen here are part of what makes up the Curry Comedy Showcase. So that was born in 2018, and I I swear I'm going to get these names wrong, so feel free to laugh, but... The Curry Comedy Showcase is up the of Bill Macon. Benny Egg Malesi. Is that how you say his name? If, was like close? We're just
1: calling Benny eggs, eggs. It's, it's Egg Molesi. Right. It? <laughs> We're not even going Benny Eggs. Benny Eggs. Yeah,
0: Benny eggs. eggs. We're close. All right. And, of course, Kaipé <laughs> and Jacob Keed, who we've got here joining us tonight, these two spectacular gentlemen that we have joining us are two Aboriginal stand-up comedians who are committed to creating an ongoing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander presence in, as comedians in the comedy festival and comedy tours in this country, which is impeccable and a wonderful cause. And each of them comes from a really rich history of Indigenous storytelling. So a little bit more about the two of you. Kai. Hey, Kai. Hello there. Kai is an Aboriginal entertainer, actor, and proud father of a beautiful young lady. Kai has an incredible sense of humour, which I'm sure we'll see tonight, which incorporates personal aspects of his life, being a dad, the witty remarks of his now teenage daughter. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Um, Also, the bizarre truths of life in the age of technology and sexual identification, and he uses all of that to capture his audience. Jacob, the black Harry Potter keed. I want to know about that in a minute. <laughs> <Say> hi, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is a proud Wiradjuri, Tabaka and Camillaroy man born and raised in Canberra. Did I say all of that right? Did I get those words yeah. right? That
1: was perfect. <laughs>
0: practice yes jacob has been a regular in camera comedy scene for the last two years and is one of the most sought after young comics in the nation he's going to debut his unique brand of humor to a national audience this year in 2020 hopefully when when we lift some restrictions yes some sort of social life so gentlemen I cannot quite articulate in words how honoured I am to have you both here sharing this platform for tonight. This is <laughs> it's, it's an incredible privilege. It is an incredible privilege um, for me and for everybody who is watching. So thank you for your energy, for your time, for your insights, for your humour. Um, this is a real gift. So thank you for being here with us. No problem.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you. So we, we really appreciate the opportunity for, uh, you know, to be on your platform, you know. Yeah, have a chat. Yeah. 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 And pretty much just have open discussions around society, especially around, you know, Black Lives Matter, but also things that affect Aboriginal people or things you just want to have open discussion about. Yeah, you know. yeah whatever you want to talk about, that's fine.
0: So yeah. good. So good. We've got a way to go in Australia, but I'm so keen to keep having the conversation, you know, and just keep it going. So before I get into the questions, we've got some questions from the audience and some pre-prepared questions. I have to know how the two of you fell into comedy to start with, and then how did you <laughs> go from that performing the three comedy showcase? Because <laughs> okay. I'm quite stretch.
3: Oh yeah, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> um, so how how did I get into comedy? Obviously, you know, you, I grew up around comedy from a very young age. I my parents let me watch Fastboard and and all that sort of all that sort of Australian comedy on, on television, and um, I come around, you know. Obviously very rich, as you said, rich storytelling. My mum's, you know, one of 11, so big, big family and, and, and so you always you're big family gatherings. But how I actually got into, into stand up is, uh, when I was 24, I had gone bankrupt, lost, my life was pretty much, you know, down the toilet and I went to Melbourne to get back on my feet with my mum for a little while and, been in Melbourne a couple of weeks, and I just happened to meet a, an Aboriginal comedian by the name of uh, Shirley Hood, um, through a mutual friend, and after a conversation, she's just like, you're a pretty funny guy, you know, you should get into, into stand-up, and I kind of figured why else have I got left all this, <laughs> I know, you know, I'm got bankrupt, and you know, living. in living back at home, <laughs> and just didn't have a job, didn't have a car. Like, you oh, couldn't possibly be any worse. Um, so, yeah, so she introduced me to a few more people. I went to some uh, comedy workshops, and through that, I got wild-carded into the uh Deadly Funny Grand Final in 2008. So my first time on stage is actually in front of about 450 people. Um, oh, but done. To prepare and yeah, I got the bug after that. It's such a great feeling that I kind of yeah haven't looked back and since. Kept telling jokes and you know kept making people laugh. So that's kind of how I got into it. now yeah. how did you get into
2: uh, comedy? Yeah, my my actual first gig was during the deadly funny competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, go, deadly funny. Yeah, it was deadly funny. Yeah. yeah, it was a good. It was a good experience. I pretty much like said yes. would like I always have. Funny conversations with my family. We always roast each other, you know, and we all share funny stories. And the way we tell it just makes anyone laugh. Yeah, and that was actually my first gig at the two thousand and seventeen. No, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and seventeen. I think deadly funny. I I competed. Yeah, and uh, for two years more, I competed, but didn't didn't win it because this guy took one year. but then the 2020 came around, I actually was able to win the AC Yeah. 18, yeah. And, like some years of experience, but also a bit of mentoring from, um, from Kai, Benny and, uh, Bill and David, and other comedians on the scene. Well, it's, it's actually funny you say that 2020, you took it out because
3: 19, 17 and 18? Yeah. I think, yeah. Sorry, I think, I think, oh, no, 18 and then 19. Yeah. Cause yeah. like Bill got it in 18. Yeah. yeah. This is the Canberra Heats. I got it in 19 and. I got 20, yeah, you got 20. So we almost went year for year
0: yeah. after so each basically, other. Basically, Kuru comedy is just a collection of winners. <laughs> 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 we, we would just
1: scream the top was, and then we would win. Well, mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going
3: to, I'm going to deny it. But yeah, but yeah, and that's how we, we kind of, that's how Kuru comedy was actually born. So I, for many years, I was the only Canberra, Aboriginal Canberra comic. And then, yeah, eventually, Bill came along and Benny and Jacob and we we all met at Deadly Funny and all that and obviously started meeting at gigs um, yeah. around town. And it just seemed like the natural, I, I didn't feel alone. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like the natural, I
2: was like, friends, friends, come come hang out it with was, me. It was like, what do you think? Know, like, because I remember, I, I remember I did my I did the Deadly Funny and then, because uh, that's when I first met Bill first, Bill Lakin, then I met Benny. Then Benny invited me to one of the open mics, mic rooms. Then you know, yeah. I, then I, started doing more gigs, getting more into it. And that's when I met Kai. Absolutely. And that's when we started like gelling a bit yeah, more, and it and, out. And like Clyde like said, it was just a natural thing to, it's like, you know what? Let's actually yeah. show what that of, yeah. like. It, you know? Know. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I, I think yeah. Benny probably gets Benny. Benny, in
3: many ways, was the main driving force behind that yeah. first,
2: um, first gig. Well, yeah. But it was yeah, a collective, it was obviously. a collective idea and, yeah, and we've all sort of played on our strengths and, and brought it all together. Mm-hmm. And from that we sold out the first Queer Kongi showcase. Yeah, it and, sold out the first one in yeah, 2019. I reckon we would have sold out the second one, but COVID happened
3: and yeah. so hopefully we are still doing our thing and because we were meant to go to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had a big book in Sydney and so it was, it was, was we had started the ball rolling definitely. Yeah. So yeah. it hasn't stopped. It's just hit a bit of a bump in the
1: yeah. road, but. Temporary yeah, we'll card. Yeah, put
2: my Do you
3: think it's down like, for the next showcase. Sorry? I could put my name no, down for the next showcase. There, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you definitely know, if you, if yeah, definitely. Definitely come in. You yeah. I missed the music over here. Uh, <laughs> just
1: something to let me know. <laughs> so, what, what he went say, besides being very funny, he's actually a very good music, uh, music writer. And so, Collect. he's collected. So, he has. <laughs> um,
2: his okay. remix will be our first hit. Yeah. Um, so we all a, uh, click on a song which we will be doing a music video for. Yeah. So okay. just just Aboriginal boy band. Yeah. yeah. Just feel like an Aboriginal boy band. <laughs> and like, just you know, that we're like, and kind
0: of style. Is that where we're going? No,
2: with yeah, No. Now like, Backstreet yeah, Boys, Yeah, Boys, more than not. Um, yeah, uh, the classic, yeah, classic yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the kind of feel <laughs> that we bring to the stage. No, we want. That's what we want. Yeah, we want yeah, the to. Yeah, but just, just stay oh, yeah, tuned. Okay. For more of that stuff coming
3: up. I, I, I'm definitely sporty spice. This <sighs> <what> am I <laughs> want to baby spice.
2: I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> the world definitely needs an indigenous male group of spice girls. It does.
2: Just stay tuned. stay yeah. tuned for the drinking lovers, because that's who we are. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's, let's dive into some questions, Jen. So we have a few questions that came in from my audience over the week, some that people oh, yep, could be yep. for, some that a few white people just felt like really a little bit ashamed and embarrassed about. So I'm just going to shoot these out and we'll, we'll head off from here. So the first one is, how can I be genuinely inclusive of people of colour and Indigenous people offline and online without it coming across as centering?
2: So when you say centering, what
0: do you mean? So centering is kind of a big thing that seems to have come out from the States at the moment where mm. white people in wanting to have a conversation about the Black Lives Matter movement are putting their feelings and their thoughts front and centre when when uh, really okay. it needs to be people of colour who are taking the stage. It's
2: mm. a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. Like, <laughs> have
1: like, I stopped you? I think
2: when you no, no, it's actually not a it's, – it's many different issues, I think, with that. One. Is media has always had white people in positions of telling the news, yeah, and telling the media. Yeah. You know, so that's one. That's one cl- like contributing factor because it's just someone telling the news. It's just someone employing a white person to tell the news, and this Black yeah. Lives Matter is just not piece of news. That's one. But then you get those other people that 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 pretty much let their let their ego come into it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And they feel like they, it's their social responsibility to tell the news, uh, from what they see from the point of view. And what I see as an issue with that is, one, they're not, they're not black. Yeah. And two, they don't have the point of view of a black person.
4: Yeah. So
2: if you really want to not become someone that's look being seen as someone that's centering.
4: Yeah.
2: Include Aboriginal voices such as what you're doing today, you mm-hmm. know, because you can honestly go on your social media platform, have a lot of lot of media follow you, and you can have your point of view on it. But the thing Ch- is, at the end of the day, you're you, you're not people of a personal colour.
0: No, I'm white. person. Mm-hmm. I I have a white perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it's um like that's yeah, kind of what Jake's talking about is
3: yeah. I think in listening, and It's always always just been the the fundamental of any sort of open dialogue, which is to sort of listen, and I think what a lot of people don't overcompensate, I guess. Like just be honest with your be honest with yourself. So listen, obviously I think that's where centering comes from, people trying to overcompensate their sensibilities and trying to sort of go, you know, I understand. But they're also in in doing that, they're trying to put themselves into that position. I could be slightly off the keel here, but yeah, trying to put themselves and don't just yeah, just listen and try to sort of empathise. Yeah. But not compare your own sort of journey to to. And I mean, that's that's a good view to have with anyone in, in any you know walk of life. But yeah. I think especially in sort of today's current climate, people are trying to sort of really overcompensate with you know. Well, obviously, you know, like, you know, it, and it's it actually shuts down the dialogue before it even gets started. You yeah. know, and that's where you, you need to sort of uh, to try to you know. Well, that's all. and that's exactly
2: right. Because the key word that you you said, I always say, is is empathy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's, you can apply it to any any part of what you're doing. And honestly, that's going to break down any barrier. Yeah, Mm. but you you can empathise without sort of yeah. And I think
3: that's it. You can empathise without comparing yourself to the scenario. I think that's where a lot of people
0: sort of. That's a really good point. Yeah, you can empathise without comparing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, admittedly yeah, exactly. I think uh, part of white privilege is that we're really used to having the stage like we're really used to having the microphone and having the platforms and it's challenging it's challenging to that white privilege to say like oh I don't actually have a dialogue around this like I don't have the yeah. understanding around this and so I need to give it to the people that do and that can yeah. teach me about empathy and connection and relearning history mm-hmm. so I love that. I love like empathy and dialogue and flowing and that all together. That's so incredible. Um. Okay, next, I like Serena. Sorry, sorry, sorry Serena
2: Harris. She says that yeah, social inclusion, yeah, but education that that is pretty key and that adds to yeah. your ability to empathise. Yeah, and you are you are right, Serena. So keep talking. Don't shut up. Yeah. Don't
0: shut up. <laughs> no. Don't shut <don't laughs> up. Keep commenting. Cool. You Got it.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. What do non-indigenous people need to know and understand about this issue that we aren't understanding yet?
3: Mm. Uh, my my one is that um, it's just, it didn't happen a millennia ago. This is you know, this is something that's happened only sort of in the last two hundred two hundred years of uh, you know of history. Like it's it's there are people who are still alive who are sort of directly affected by the stolen generation and stuff like that, and all these, yeah, people that are still alive who, who are directly affected by white Australia policy and all. That. And I think that's the, the thing. People go, yes, we do need to evolve as society and, and and move on and educate ourselves and, and everyone else and and all that. But yeah, this is you know this didn't happen you know in biblical times. This this happens you know in the last yeah. sort of. Like, who years There are people who are alive who, you know, remember what yeah. what, what this was like, and I think um, that's that's why some people get really, you know, especially the older generation get really frustrated. Is that they actually remember this? It's not just stories that were passed down from from their grandparents. Mm. You know, they they were they lived it directly or lived
2: directly underneath the people who were living this directly. So it's yeah. you know, still very fresh in in many ways.
0: Yeah. For, for yeah, but, That's yeah. quite a big, big yeah. difference between us and America, really, isn't it? That our history yeah, is yeah. a lot newer.
3: It is. So, I was, actually, I was actually looking, like, the first first fleet landed, and though I'm not that intelligent, I was Googling this uh, just before. Keep uh, <laughs> going, you know, first really good. In, in, in 1778. Yeah. But the American Civil War happened, you know, sort of. In, in the eighteen hundreds where slavery was sort of ended there. But in Australia, that kind of flow and effect of, of those um, sensibilities, even even though you know it might not have been called Mr. Scomo, it might not have been called slavery, it still still very prevalently <laughs> was, you know, sort of in the late eighteen hundreds into sort of the early nineteen hundreds even. So it's we are we are sort of it's a similar history, but ours
2: is yeah, it's still much fresher. Yeah. But the other thing that also with that, though, is like they need to understand the history of it, but also everything in detail, you know, from the policies that were created yeah. and the effects of the policies that that was enforced on people. Because when you look at the policies that was out through history, it's pretty much repeating in itself. Yeah. You know, like, I know the Stone generation was not so long ago, right? But then you look at all these other policies in today, that's just, just one topic. Even from the treatment of Aboriginal people, you look at the treatment of aboriginal people today it's like nothing changed and it's still repeating itself yeah but i think the issue that i see aboriginal people that i know that think of non-aboriginal people that have to understand is that like i said it's not it, it's not that long ago and it's still happening today and it's it's what's happened in the history you need to understand the history the effects of it but also understand how that sort of plays in the present as well
0: yeah, such a good point. We have one beautiful young Indigenous woman who's joining me for this sharing Indigenous voices project. She's 22, and her mother was a stolen generation. So even for me, that was that was really challenging to, to realize. Like there are very much still living, thriving people who are part of this racial yeah. atrocity.
2: Yeah, and for people to say get over it, it's like how can you get over it when it's your own family and you know it. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's yeah. So it's it's when well, it's still so fresh, it's, it's still fresh. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Mm. We're still seeing sort of direct. Oh, mm. swear I'm trying to be Well, We see the direct effects yeah. of yeah, the direct effects of, like, of, of um, what those policies yeah. were. Like there's like, there's some elders right that are that refuse to even talk about their time taken away, and that's the only way you heal when you confront it. That's how I see when you want to try and heal. Yeah. But well, that's how even Even coming up,
3: uh, next weekend, my mother and my auntie travelling down to, uh, Denali to check out a, a museum there to try and piece together a bit more of the family history because, you know, it was lost. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know where, like, where my great grandfather came from, the Jardim, down a lot of river in, in Bendigo, but it's, yeah, it's, for us to, to piece together, it, it has actually been a process of, of, and like, you know, you can't just pop down to births, deaths and marriages and, and pick up what should be relatively easy information for people to get, whereas they're actually, you know, planning like holiday trips to travel to these sort of, yeah. you know, to try and find, you know, there's not even a guarantee of the information they're looking for is going to be there. You know, this is, this is going on, you know, on, on a maybe. That, yeah, have got to go check out these sort of museum records to try and.
2: Even like other together. stuff, like yeah. Ancestry.com, there's like, you know, white they, people. They, they don't. White people, I've seen white people go on it, and a lot of the details just line up. But ours, in my case, they don't test for Aboriginality. Yeah. Yet, on Ancestry.com. Because they don't have enough information. They don't have enough information. They actually, like, I actually did the test, and,
3: um, found out they don't test for Aboriginality. Um, uh, they don't test for Aboriginal. There's, there's not
2: enough. Yeah research going genetic markers and even even going through like family information like for my example i was only able to go back to as 1930 or 1890 something yeah i mean you got these other 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 people from different races that have their cultural information they have their family history and they know who they are they have their culture Uh, us we're still fighting for it and in many cases the only thing that we've got left is who we have now, yeah. Like I, I, I have, a puzzle. Actually, yeah. It's a puzzle, yeah. and that's what Aboriginal people fight to sort of. A lot of Aboriginal people fight on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, that's startling. <laughs> I think when I put that in context with the knowledge that Aboriginals are the longest living indigenous culture in the world, mm. that to this modern day, it's it's a struggle to find your own history, which was obliterated by white yeah. people. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, that's horrible that's horrible yeah. to experience that, and I wasn't aware, so thank you thank you for for bringing insight and knowledge to that. Do you think that Australia is a nation in terms of like our understanding of indigenous heritage and our our own systemic racism? Do you think that we've progressed at all or are we just kind of in this holding pattern. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: That's a joke myself, <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think there's look, I think there's definitely a level of progression in more
3: recent more recent times that the progression is definitely but yeah, like we I didn't learn any of this in school um like I knew I was Aboriginal in school, like when I was in primary school and stuff and you was Aboriginal, and, you know you meet my grandmother, you know you're Aboriginal kind of thing, and your your grandma's as dark as that. You so say I knew it was Aboriginal, but that's like about as all I knew it was yeah. like oh, I'm Aboriginal. I didn't actually know what sort of Aboriginal culture was, or none of that was taught. Um, I didn't realise that Australia had the history that like that we did, and this is only back in the eighties. So well, I do think there is a, a level progression, but it's it's been it's only been recent and it's been very late coming. Yeah, you know? I think that's that would be my my view of it. But, but you are right though,
2: like. It's only in dribs and, dra- dribs and drabs how we're moving forward a little, and yeah. it, like, it, like a little is better than nothing, of course. But still, when you think about it, like in today's subjects, they're teaching things like American history, like their Civil War. They're teaching things on they're teaching French as an elected. When we only, we got our own actual language idea, yeah. we got our own history here. Right, that's a good point. Like, well, I learned yeah, more about foreign countries than I did
3: about our, you know, about our own country. Yeah. Uh, in, in growing up, and of course, that's
2: going to add to that's going to, of course, add to the lack of awareness yeah. of Aboriginal culture, of Aboriginal people in in Australia. Yeah, and that's just only one one topic: education and history.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was even saying to my husband before we jumped on this call, as I was like reading through the bios, I was like. Why did I never get taught how to speak Aboriginal language? Like how to, how to pronounce it, how to read it. It just was not part of the education system and still remains not part of the education system. Like that's baffling to me that Aboriginal people are custodians of this land. And yet you're right. We're learning French and Chinese and German and Japanese and American. What was that?
3: So, I was counting. I learned German in school. I was counting in German. Y, N, Z, E, L, twelve. comedy showcase
0: taking over Germany. I I am interrupting your podcast listening for just one moment to let you know about a really important new product available on my shop front. The Do The Inner Work Bundle is a completely downloadable digital bundle that includes a hypnosis, a guided meditation, EFT tapping, affirmations and more to help you begin doing the inner work around deconditioning your own racial bias. With all that is emerging in our global collective right now, we must be vigilant in doing our own inner work, in conditioning our own racial bias as white people in this beautiful wide collective because when we do the inner work, we are able to do the outer act. The Do The Inner Work bundle is available for $9 and every single cent of that $9 is going towards Indigenous advocacy groups here in Australia. We must be putting our money where our mouth is and starting to support the agencies that are trying to bring about this radical change for equality in our new paradigm. Head to the link that is listed here in the show notes so that you can get your hands on the Do The Inner Work Bundle. Make sure you take a screenshot and you tag me, share it on Instagram so that we can spread the word, bring more inner work and more deconditioning to make this truly equal new world paradigm that we are all hoping for. Indigenous friends or family, how do I meaningfully connect in real life with Indigenous people beyond reading books or watching documentaries?
1: I didn't actually actually that. It actually makes me think of a comedy
3: show I once did about um, if you do not have an Aboriginal family, one would be the scientific. <laughs> 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 uh, no. I'll let you guys go. I'm
1: just thinking of jokes at the moment. That's yeah, yeah i like, got
2: the question to and, and please, the people who wrote this, please don't feel shame for us laughing at it. It's just yeah. Like it's just it's a
3: usual question. But um yeah. but it's an easy answer. Yeah, I think actually Serena uh Serena Harris talk to one. Yeah, talk to yeah. One. <laughs> yeah, following, following. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
2: thank you, Serena. It's, yeah. Uh, talk to one. Talk to one. Yeah. Talk to an Aboriginal person, you know? And and if you feel like you're gonna like offend them, it's like Maybe just make it, uh, hi, I heard you're Aboriginal. Can I get to know you? Don't, don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that I'm like, making,
3: really? You know. <laughs> uh, I think it's like with any I mean, I, I, I've, I've done it lots of times in my life when I like, don't understand something you know, in like LGBTQ community or stuff. I've actually just said, look, I'm not trying to... Because we do. It's stupid. We kind of live in a world where it's expected that we should know everything. You know what I mean? So if you try and, if you are ignorant about something, you know, and you, you, you say something, people are like, how could you not know that? But we're not born learning, knowing how to read and write. So I mean, we are all going to learn something. So I think if you're just respectful and just say to someone, Hey, I would genuinely like to know about this. Please can we have a, have an open conversation? Um, yeah. You know, excuse my ignorance, but I'm trying to educate myself. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, that's, doesn't just apply to Aboriginal, well,
2: it applies to anything you don't know about, really. And that's pretty much, that is totally right, because yeah. like, if you just want to connect with anyone, say up front. You know, like I may not know much about your culture, and if there's anything I say, or if it comes off of um, being a bit ignorant or unaware, yeah please let me know. You know, that diffuses so many in, in any uh, friendship relationship. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: so good. I'm just thinking of like, you know the white Australians that, that live this very like fabricated white life, like you've got a white family and you live in a white neighborhood and all your friends are white and the school that your kids go to is white and you know, it's just, it's, it's black white, 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 white all over. Yeah. Where, where would you suggest that people who are in that situation start? Like looking at indigenous community groups or advocacy groups or something like that? Yeah. There's,
2: there's, we've got cultural education centers. Yeah. But- yeah, there is there is different um places you can actually go from culture that is being yeah. that is starting to slowly be more culturally inclusive of Aboriginal history, but in but in in a community sense, because I, I think I understand where you're coming from, but like, it's white people that always lived and hung around white people most of their life, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With people yeah. like okay. that, yeah, it's like um I think the best thing for them to do is just go to other places,
3: try and take it upon yourself to learn more about the culture. And go, yeah, go, yeah, go for it! Um, I, I it's always easy for us to go. We'll oh, just go to Aboriginal, but we grew up around, it, you know. Yes. So it's easy for us to find other aboriginals. And well, I, I would, I would, I would jump in the car. That's it. And uh yeah, go to think it is. You should be interviewing Serena. I mean, go jump in the car, and go for a drive around sort of Australia. I mean, if you have got the time, obviously go to Australia. There's plenty of cultural sites. Yeah, go and be there. Uh, yeah.
2: Go on go on Your Aboriginal culture on the tours, you know. Yeah. Um Go to you know, go go, 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 go to back Edinburgh. at Burke. Go to back at Burke and stuff like that. Go check out the mission, you know. Like go go to the Aboriginal Ten Embassy here in in mm-hmm. the. That's well, actually a really
3: place, good place
2: to start with the Ten Embassy, actually. <laughs> yeah, you know, go and um, yeah, native uh, events, events uh, Reconstruction right. uh, week events, you know, and all other events that you might be able to find out about Aboriginal community. Yeah. Because there's there's Aboriginal 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 medical centres, youth centres, they're all connected. Yeah. Um, look up. Even the Aboriginal tourist companies will be
1: able to tell you what kind of events you can even go to. What's Benny's Sorry. company? Akita. Go to Benny's company. I <laughs> <Okay, so. laughs>
0: Benny, he's quite a guy. Whoever he is. He's,
1: he's, he's a louverous shaker.
0: What he's he's, a, he's
2: an living. impressive thing. <laughs> we can we can come to the community showcase. Oh yeah, I'll we'll come to the <laughs> community showcase. Friends, but, 100%. I mean, yeah, that one. Yeah. I but mean. like all around the answer, I'd say go to community events. That is that are held by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and organisations. Yeah. especially yeah. around specific times of the year: NAIDOC, Reconciliation Week, Maroo Day, Survival Day, and you know yeah. Australia, other Australians call it Okay. but yeah.
1: So yes. many, many different, many different things. The resources are
0: there. The resources yeah. are there. Yeah. We're well,
1: actually, we're actually lucky that we live in the
3: time we do. Of smart technology, smartphones, and right? Like if you, if you genuinely want to go find, like I, I'm famous for it. I just, if I don't know something, I just Google it now. Like mean, we live in that <laughs> world now, so it's, it's probably, you know, that's how I found out. You know, sort of dates around uh, the American Civil War and stuff like that that I mentioned earlier. I just – we're actually – this is probably a great time to be having these conversations because the information is, is so
1: readily available now if, if you want.
0: And spreadable. Spreadable. Yeah. Get yeah. it out of Yeah. What does the term deadly mean? Where does that come from?
2: <laughs> we were laughing at that question before. Was like, so like I've known it ever since I was little. Like, I, I, it's like a, it's like a unspoken. It's like unspoken. It's just, it's Is just.
1: It just oh, it's just the <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just It's like.
0: Someone in
2: yeah. Aboriginal history coined the term deadly. and it yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, yeah, like, like my theory, like this is me thinking out loud, I think it was like started like it was used as a bad term from white people saying that black was, and we turned into a cool word. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's just how flexible we are and, yeah. and how deadly we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reclaim it. Yeah. I mean, I know everything in Australia is deadly. Oh, yeah. Everything in Australia is awesome. So I guess
3: it's.
0: probably right. Yeah. <laughs> This is very true, I say this to Americans. Which uh, this is a good
2: point, while talking about the word Gary. You want to use Aboriginal words correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like, in context. You've
1: got to use them yeah,
2: in context. context. It's like, you do not want to put up a sign in an Aboriginal community saying drugs are deadly. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> it is deadly. Well, oh, deadly, but it ain't but dead. But <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, you need to find out. We got to, we got to, yeah. We, we use
0: I'm going to keep that in mind next time I'm putting up posters in a community centre. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but for the, <laughs> oh, no, for the person who wrote that question, just, I'd say the advice is go find out and let us know yeah, we would like better. <laughs>
0: Go to to the NAIDOC Week events and ask some Indigenous people. We'll find the answer. Yeah, I'll be able to see like an
1: all-around question from everyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. Do you feel racial oppression and inequality in Australia and, and racial violence included in that? I guess like the whole like big melting pot of racial issues. Do you feel that that's been part of your individual experiences?
2: I think all of those, I, I feel it through my, um, my family and close friends that are Aboriginal. Because the thing that my mum taught me, like, and thank God she taught me, like, street smarts is like, don't do anything suspicious, don't do anything bad, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, focus on your sport. But there are some Aboriginal people or people of colour that do all the good things in the world. I, I find myself to be a lucky one because Unlike my cousins, because of their size and their and their ability to read a an actual moment, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, authority figures such as police and um, th- social workers and everything else, I think they take advantage of that at times. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel it through my family members that, that experience that and close friends because to hear the stuff that they've had to deal with, it's, I just, I, again, I, I call myself to be lucky. But it still affects me in a way that knowing that there's people like them being treated in that way being oppressed, treated violently, and also you know not treated equally,
1: mm. yeah, yeah, I can only kind of mirror Jacobs you know sentiment, but
3: it's something that you know I've been so sort of lucky that I haven't felt it as much uh, as many other people, but it's definitely something that my aunties and uncles and you know my mother and um. Uh, yeah, you know, my grandmother and all yeah. that sort of felt and that the education behind, you know, to be wary of uh authority figures and, and all that sort of stuff is definitely passed down uh to you and it's you know, it's a tough cycle to break and yeah, and you yeah, and you you know, hang out with friends and, and all that and yeah. It's so yeah, I mean, really mirror, you know, it's it's it's, it's but, passed uh, down to yeah, you and, and it's definitely, it's definitely there in the background most of the time. You might not be always aware of it. Like, individually, I might not always be aware of it, but
1: it, it's definitely sort of always, um, there, especially when I try and talk to people about sort of Aboriginal,
3: um, like I've had many fights with people, Well, not fights, no, arguments with, you know, sort of significant others about Aboriginal, uh, Issues, you know, say so uh Uluru, the walking of Uluru and all that. And mm. and yeah, just I guess it goes back to there not being education uh, behind, you know, in the school systems that they just don't
2: get it, I guess. And, yeah, that actually yeah, does like, that yeah. one as an extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that> ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, I ain't gonna name and shame, but like understand like there's there's people out there that just that are closed minded and and, if, and because of a lack of education and understanding yeah. It does. It does hurt to hear that's their point of view. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. especially especially someone like me who's a couple of shades lighter
3: than than, than Jacob, and I try and talk to people. or they'll try and tell me the experience that I had with a proper Aboriginal. You know, not someone like me. Or like, what? Well, like, yeah, <laughs> just just like, oh, I really? Oh, I didn't realise I wasn't a proper Aboriginal. You know, kind of thing. So it's uh yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: it's fine. You don't realise it's there until sort of stuff. It's in the background, like well, it's unintended racial, race. Yeah, yeah. So, so and that's just my
2: personal experience. And, um, yeah, so, so I get mistaken so. what, I, like, I get mistaken for Indian, um, uh, Islander, South American, which I, I didn't mind that one. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brazilian as well. Yeah, uh, Brazilian. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, Greek. Greek. I, I'm always, I'm, I'm Greek.
1: People <laughs> always think I'm Greek. <laughs>
0: So, do you think yeah. do you think the experience as being a man who's of Indigenous heritage is different to being a woman of Indigenous heritage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how so?
2: I don't want to speak on behalf black women, this, like, <laughs> okay, just, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, like, I know for a fact that I know fact
1: Aboriginal
2: women aboriginal one being, being a, a, like a sort of hard thing to, uh, educate people on. But then you also got the, the women factor of it all. You know, it's like, um, I don't know how else to say that. Like, it's not, like, the thing is that women have this face in society, right? And that's from anything from being a woman. And then you also got the other, uh, factors of being Aboriginal. So that's the, that's the main thing I'll say about Aboriginal women. They got, they got that on their plate. Mm. all the negative factors that come into being Aboriginal from from all these other authorities and anyone that's abusing Aboriginal people in general, but you also got these other ignorant parties that abuse women. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Double double so minority.
0: I didn't
2: want to talk too much on the women's perspective, but I'd rather i rather a woman talk about that. And if it's a black woman, I'd rather i definitely rather a black woman talking about that from yeah. perspective. But that's the last thing. Right. Like, yeah.
3: Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go back to my original statement about empathising, but not trying to put myself in so someone else's position. <laughs> yeah. So
2: actually, <that's laughs> nice. I did that,
0: right? I think I did. Nailed it! <laughs> Nailed it! So good. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I loved the um monologue from Maine White that he did on Q and A, where he was talking about um, the experience of always being labelled as an indigenous man. So, you know, he wasn't just an actor. He was always an Indigenous actor. He wasn't a performer. He was an Indigenous performer. And that, for me, really made me realise, like, I'm never labelled for my skin. I'm not an Anglo-Saxon woman. I just am a woman. Is that something that you guys experience as well, that, like, racial labelling?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm probably
3: a little luckier, as I said, as I'm a few shades lighter um, than Jacob. It's almost, a, it's, like I say I do, and I'm very sort of, uh, I advertise that I'm Aboriginal quite, you know, freely, uhm, there's nothing to be, you know, I'm proud to, you know, of my heritage. So I guess for me, I don't get labelled that quite often until I point it out. Once I point it out, people don't, don't let it go, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're an Aboriginal. So all they say, well, you're not a proper Aboriginal, that's, as, as we've already sort of uh, touched on. Uh but yeah, now once once I point out, yeah, it's definitely sort of there that, that becomes a defining characteristic. And because people don't know what Aboriginal you know, who who Aboriginals are, kinda said of, because there's a lack of education in our school system. They're always yeah, they don't it's almost like they pretend like they don't know you. I don't know if I've answered that very well. It's a it's a for me it's been a complicated it's a it's a complicated position, you know, because quite often I said most people well, if I do tell them I'm Aboriginal, they're like, oh, you know, you're not a proper Aboriginal or, 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 or you know, what, what, you're half-caste or, you know, you're quarter, you, you know, what, yeah, what it's... percentage of Aboriginal? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, you don't. Um,
2: I am Aboriginal. It's, yeah. You know, and, it, and it hurts, and it hurts other Aboriginal people to hear from lighter, like, like fairer skinned Aboriginal people feel ashamed of not being like, uh, black as others. Yeah. They're as black as any other Aboriginal person. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean,
3: I, I grew up, you know, around Aboriginal people and, you know, I even went through some ceremony, uh, you know, when I was younger, living on the, living out sort of with our auntie, that she was, she was an elder of the area and I used to go out and visit her quite often and, you know, even went through. So yeah, I'm like, maybe I'm going a little bit off the subject, but yeah, it's sort of weird when people tell me that I'm not a real, you know, real Aboriginal or something. So, well, I've, yeah, I've actually done the ceremony and, and, I've you know, tried my best to, to learn all these things. So I'm not really sure what makes a you know. As Arnie always said to me, it doesn't matter what sort of, it's how black you are on the inside that, that matters. And um, to quote Kapinari, Kevin Kapinari, very great Aboriginal community, doesn't matter how much milk you put in coffee, it's still coffee. Um yeah. So <laughs> it's... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it seems like a an,
0: an incredibly, like, obvious example of racism for a, a white person to determine how Aboriginal an Aboriginal person is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is,
0: actually,
2: yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You never get asked that to a white person. Like, how white are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How white are you? Yeah,
1: white. Like, yeah, yeah. How, how white are
0: you? Like, so are you a real white person? What percentage of you
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: you know, so yeah, I think once 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 it's pointed out to people you are right, they, they don't let it go. It just becomes a, a label and you become different, you know, I mean, like you're different to me. But really, you know, like obviously you know, obviously I come from a different culture, but it doesn't make me a diff- you know, less of a person or anything like that. So.
0: Yeah. It feels limiting to me. It it feels <clears throat> like we're we're yeah. reducing the entire culture to a label when when you're all individuals and the only race is the human race. So, it, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's it's, a, pretty, I, that's a good point. The more, the more you sort of put labels out there, the more people put you in a box. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you're Aboriginal. Okay, you're Aboriginal, you're an Aboriginal male. Yeah. And you're an Aboriginal person that doesn't know his culture. And yeah. it's like you put into that. Yeah. When they know it, it's like they, they, they sort of – put you in a box without even meaning it, but there's some that do it
1: intentionally. Yeah.
0: Why do you guys think that the the Black Lives Matter movement and the the horrific death of George Floyd, why do you think that that has reached a real boiling point in America but is still Mm. pretty ignored here in Australia?
2: I I actually had a very good conversation about that today with a good friend of mine, to tell you the truth, because I have a lot of non-indigenous, non non aboriginal friends that I, uh, that I encourage to ask any question around this type of stuff, you know. Yes. And she was actually from America. And I uh, actually asked her, what is your thoughts on this? And her honest actual thought, which I never would, would have heard from a white person, actually to my face, to a black person's face,
1: she <laughs> said it to me and says, in all honesty, I never saw it growing up. And I'm like, and I had to ask, how could you not? Yeah. And she says, I was never conditioned to see
2: how people treated other people. We never was brought to those areas. We we were never shown this. And that's what scared me in a way. Like it's sort of like, wow, a person of your age was never conditioned to again empathize or shown or given the opportunity to empathize for people from showing what's happening in the world. You know, I, I, I am very sad for, you know, George Floyd's death, of course, of course yeah. you know, but that's just one of many thousands of deaths for yeah. African-American, Native Americans, and Australian Aboriginal people, you know, yeah. and, well, and or Strait Islander people. people. Yeah. And because, like, you know, what this just reminds me of it. just reminds me, like, it's, it's again, history repeating itself. George boyd being being killed and how it turned into like a national international yeah. story. it was just like um Rosa Parks when she wasn't allowed on the on the bus right yeah. what stemmed from yeah. that was That's the freedom from, yeah from yeah. and what stemmed from the, the freedom rights uh, sorry what's what stemmed from Rosa parks not being allowed on the bus nor the other um movement over that way it sort of influenced Australia in regards to the freedom rights mm-hmm. you know and yeah. I think but to to add on to that, it annoys me how from history where it shows, it's evident racism has been going on for that long and nothing still has been addressed in a systemic manner. Yeah. I think it's
1: it probably come to such a boiling point in America too and and hit the sort of the world stage. Um for two reasons really. Number one, it
3: sort of what happens in Australia with um, deaths in custody and, and stuff like that has been very much behind what what Jake was talking about, how being very much behind closed doors. Um, so people don't see. Like I was actually telling uh, my best friend actually um, the other day about in preparation for this, I was talking about some things about once being surrounded by five police officers when I was a teenager and I was just sitting there waiting for my mum to come to work and they were Kept, kept accusing me of selling drugs and all this, and, and, and then, you know, why don't you have the ID on you? And I'm like, because I'm 15 and I don't carry an ID. I don't have a license, dickhead, and all that. And I was just waiting for my mum to knock off work so we could walk home together or something. And he was just like, oh my God, I, I've never seen that, ever heard about that kind of experience. So in Australia, it's been very sort of behind closed doors, where in America, and this, this comes down to, it definitely happens here in Australia. You know, no denying that. Uh, but in America, it's much more prevalent because their police have so many powers. And yeah. to the point, like, so like in Australia, like it's almost like we used to say our, our police uh, are taught to do it behind closed doors. we are almost smarter about it. And going back to what I was talking about, the we live in a world of sort of of information technology now. And in America, it's is is so prevalent that. Even while people were sitting there holding cameras, this cop thought he could get away with murdering a person. Like, like he's just like, like in Australia, I could only assume, in Australia, you know, if, if people see sitting there holding a camera on someone, going, I'm filming you murdering a human being, the cop might go, oh, uh, maybe I might want to take money. But over there, it's just so, they, they've gotten away with it for so long yeah. um, that... It, it, so it, it, it was very much in the face, uh, in everyone's face, in, in the, on the world stage. And that, you know, that footage got out so quickly that yeah. the whole world is you now talking about And it's a conversation definitely needs to be had on, on Black Lives Matter, you know, police brutality. Mm. And especially in America, they, they brutalize everyone. Like just, they just, they almost, they, I've been to America, um, I went to America a few years ago and they, Walk, like their police officers walk around the streets with assault rifles. Like, like I'm talking, guns, like, just like, what the hell is <laughs> going on? So I think for them, you know, yeah, it's so, and that's why I took sort of hit the world stage because it was just such a blatant, um, abuse of power. And, and you know, and he was just, a, you know, he was a black man that the cop didn't care about to the point where he would happily murder him on camera. Like, it's, so yeah, that's that's why I think it's sort of spread, ignite the world. You know, hopefully something really, you know, hopefully George, you know, doesn't die in vain. Something really good sort of can come from all this. one would hope. The
2: other thing that I also want to add to that is the other reason why I really do feel like it's fairly ignored in Australia is because it's it's not being told. Our story's not being told. Yeah. Because yeah. it's either they don't want to listen to our story. Well, they don't want to acknowledge their, again, their history. Yes, yeah.
0: You of. know, they don't want to acknowledge their behaviour. Yeah. I, so for myself, when I watched the footage of um, David Dungany being murdered by six police officers in a prison cell on CCTV footage, I think that that really speaks to what you're saying, Kai, that in, in Australia we have this real, like, behind closed doors, underground, yeah. in secret yeah. mentality. And that was almost more challenging. For me, because I thought yeah. it's still so secret in Australia. How do we find it? How do we see it? How yeah. do we cover it? How do we bring it to justice?
2: Yeah,
0: on camera. No.
2: Yeah, because so if you look at you look at the um what's the inquiry and the Aboriginal in custody, that one, that one was it's only scratching the surface of what's really happened. But like yeah. again, it's like stories that have been told because yeah, no so, one so, talks yeah. about it. No one talks about it. So
4: yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah. I think that I've I've come to a a realization that in Australia we we have this intellectual knowledge of racism and our racial history, yeah. but we have little to no emotional connection with it. Um,
1: yeah. And, and not yeah. without
0: emotional connection, is pretty dangerous. You know, yeah. To, to think that yeah. we know the extent of racism without actually knowing the extent of racism
1: at oh, all. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, Mark. Nah.
0: Sadly, Instagram Live cut us off at the one hour limit there, but please do make sure that you jump over to Curry Comedy on Facebook. Catch up with all of the details for any gigs and events and live shows that they've got coming up for the remainder of 2020. I want to send out an enormously heartfelt and honoured thank you to Jacob and to Kai for joining us for this conversation. By being open and by sharing empathy, we can move forward into a truly in- inclusive future. And I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for being part of this project with me. Please, please do make sure that you follow along with Curry Comedy both with Kai and with Jacob for their future events. You don't want to miss out on the amazingness that they produce. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. If you love this episode, don't forget to take a photo or a screenshot, jump on over to Instagram and tag me at the TheHollyMarie on your stories or your posts so that I can share the excitement with you. We will definitely be meeting again on the next episode, but until then, keep hunting for your purpose, babe.